Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Sunstein Sessions on iHeartRadio, conversations about issues that matter. Here's your host, winner of two Gracie Awards, Shelly Sunstein. Good morning. So we're going to talk about sports and athletes and a series that you can now see on ESPN+. Plus. It is a six-episode docuseries called Enhanced, and it is executive produced and narrated by the man who just, I mean, he's just a name in the documentary world that is godlike, and that would be Alex Gibney. So you know if Gibney is uh, involved in this, it's got to be great. Got to be good. Right. So this is really a behind-the-scenes look at how athletes are using modern technology and science to achieve greatness. And it it brings to my mind the movie that first raised this issue with me, which was Moneyball from 2011 with Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill and how the Oakland A's general manager used this algorithm and statistics to pick what turned out to be a winning team. But this goes deeper into it. So I have two of the directors who were involved in this series. And again, you can get it on ESPN+. First, uh, Chai Vassarelli is here and also Jesse Sweet. And like I said, there are six episodes that you can watch and it's great debate and it really raises a lot of issues. So let's start with you, Chai. Um, The first, the one that I watched, and you have two in this series, is called Skill, and it basically explores nature versus nurture. It looks at nature versus nurture and also how the debate and the idea has evolved with technology and with, you know, biomedical, you know, advances. And for me, it was quite interesting because you kind of, I walked in being like, it's clearly nature, it's clearly nature. And what we came away with was this idea that, like, Yes, nature plays a very important role, but the idea of nurture and cultivating and very spe- like specific training is critical. And, and that's specific- changed because of because of the metrics we're able to gather now because of technology. And specifically, you looked at Portland Trailblazer basketball player C.J. McCollum, who is short by NBA standards, and you would think that this was someone who would not succeed and it was basically practice, 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 doing it over and over again and working with his brother, overcoming all the odds and of, and also the desire. I mean, CJ is remarkable. And he was also a late bloomer, which this idea helps a lot because, I mean, he was 5'11 when he was leaving high school, which is very short for the NBA. Um, by the time he left college, he was 6'1. So that's a big difference. Um, but yes, I mean, CJ, like his family is amazing and he comes with this incredible work ethic and they want and he wanted it. And his brother, again, n- like nurtured him day in, day out, because his brother also plays professional basketball in Europe and was two years older than him. So he, like CJ grew up following, chasing his brother. It's kind of the Venus and Serena situation where you see someone else train who's very close to you and you kind of rise up to the situation. 
And uh, Jesse Sweet's documentary, uh, Algorithm Wars. Now, this is all about using the stats. I mean, people who are not even involved in MLB telling teams, these are the players you need to hire and this is when you need to play them. I mean, it's crazy. Does it work? It it works. And you're not going to win without it. Is the, is the short answer. I mean, this kind of is the Moneyball episode, to go back to yours. And I remember seeing Moneyball in the theater and it having kind of a chilling effect, right? That you're like, it's engrossing and it's a sports movie with Brad Pitt, but somehow feels like there's something apocalyptic, like we're devoiding all the humanity of this sport to win it. Um, and I didn't quite understand, I think, all the ramifications at the time. And the interesting thing is now that seems prehistoric. Like the stuff they were doing then, it's like, you know, my kids could do on their iPad. Um, and the a couple interesting things. One is how Moneyball has become this metaphor that's affected everything, right? I mean, every art week, the Moneyball of politics, Moneyball of retail economics, the Moneyball of dating, like everything's being put into an algorithm. And we're trusting those algorithms more than we trust our common sense, right? So there's this big question of the balance because I, I don't think you can win without it. But at the same time, um, David Epstein, we had kind of two, besides Alex of our kind of key creative collaborators with David Epstein, who used to be at Sports Illustrated and wrote the Sports Gene, and then Dan Coyle, who, along with Alex, they made the Lance Armstrong documentary together, and he's a writer, and he like uh, helped conceive the series. And David Epstein talks about the McNamara fallacy, where he talks about Robert McNamara in Vietnam was using these metrics, and every day he'd get up there and have stats that say we're winning the war in Vietnam, but was ignoring all the reality on the ground. And that if all you do is look at the stats, then you're ignoring the things that can't be measured. So there's a danger. There's a it's it's both. It's you need it to win. But if that's all you're using, you're going to I don't know. To me, you're going to lose some of the sport. And then there's something else that you explore, which is using technology, which can become very invasive when it comes to an athlete's privacy. I mean, it's one thing to measure the sleep that somebody's getting. But then if you are taking a look at everything that's happening in their daily lives, what you're eating, what you're drinking, when you're having sex, maybe if you're having orgasms, I mean, sure, where do you draw activity. the line? Yeah, no, I mean, everything, it's, it's, it's creepy. And, and I do think in some ways it could be a, a scary picture of where a lot of us are heading, like that this is starting with sports, but you can imagine ways it'll be other employers and things might want to implant things that are going to offer you benefits originally, but then could encroach on your privacy. And and no one's having the debate. And I think you see this a lot with technology, right? That there's a promise of what this technology can do for you. And people don't debate how to control it until you get to a crisis point. And so they're like, oh, it can, because it does offer athletes the benefit of limiting illness. That if you can I'm going to put this thing on your elbow and it can tell you how much strain's on your elbow. So you don't have to guess, can I pitch a hundred pitches or two? It can tell you, you can pitch 15 pitches today and then you got to stop or you're going to need surgery. That's a powerful tool for athletes and anything they can do to extend their careers, they're going to want to do it. At the same time, when it comes to contract time and they say, you know, we've noticed there's a little dip in these numbers and, you know, we're not, you know, there's another guy who has slightly better elbow numbers and is your whole career really based on this one little microchip in your elbow? And that's just on the field. And as you said, it, then it gets into privacy issues of, you know, there aren't implants yet, but it seems like we're going to go in that direction. Implanted chips We're certainly, you know, monitoring more athletes during more of their life, both starting earlier 
you know, that now, you know, they're, they are, people are drinking the Kool-Aid and saying, well, I want to be able to have a digital passport I can give to scouts and say, look at my numbers over the last six years and you can see all, you know, my hydration and all these Or look things. at the potential of my six-year-old. Yes. So I'm going to put a chip in his kidney so you can tell everything that he's been doing athletically for the last 10 years. And so it gets scary. Um, people aren't putting the chips in yet, but they are going to these clinics that can create a digital passport that can measure everything from their speed to their heart rate. And once you get into heart, you can tell a lot about someone's medical condition, maybe more than people want other people to know. And even into neurological exams. And again, there's all these concerns about how much is being measured. And then once there's a third party managing all this, they might be able to sell it off to people that you don't even know about. So you could have data that's being put out there and gathered in a way you think is going to help your career. And then, you know, as we know, things are hacked, things are sold, you know, as we know from Facebook, that our data ends up in places we don't want it to be ending up and then it can be used in ways that we're not imagining it. So I think it's a very scary time we're entering into and that we're not going to really have the serious conversation until there's a crisis. Like no one was, people were saying privacy in Facebook, but it wasn't until Cambridge Analytica came along that there, Congress held hearings, right? Because that's right. what Congress likes to do, wait for a disaster. Chai can tell you about this. Spend mm-hmm. one day on it. I'm on. speaking with Chai Vassarelli and Jesse Sweet. They are two documentarians uh, involved in the six episode docuseries Enhanced, which you can watch on ESPN. And one of the things that I was thinking of when I was watching your documentary Skill, Chai, was uh, how early. We get our kids involved in sports. And of course, as a parent, you're saying, yeah, well, this is what he wants to do. And he only wants to play soccer and he wants to, you know, ever since he was four. And then you risk the burnout factor. And then you look at all of these other athletes, pro athletes, who weren't involved or didn't pick a childhood sport to concentrate on, to focus on until much later in their youth career. And I know parents, you know, they're listening to, yes, but my kid, but your kid can burn out. Totally. And I'm a mom of two. And so clearly doing this nature versus nurture episode was fascinating for me. And I was always looking at it through the lens of being a mom and my own children. And I kind of started my examination with a conversation with Professor Anders, who worked with Malcolm Gladwell in the 10,000 Hours Theory. And it was really interesting because Anders says that specialization is not helpful until later in life, until they're about, you know, 10, 11, 12. But that's not at all the trend in our society. Um, So one that let me give like a good like deep breath and made me relax. My kids are fine. And exposing them to a lot of different things is the way to go. But... You know, we also met with this, you know, this pitcher and he's 16. His name is Cole and he's getting um, Tommy John surgery in his elbow for pitching. He's 16 years old and he's seeing the best in the world to replace, essentially replace the like the ligaments in his elbow. Which is insane. He's 16. Yeah. 16. And you, you don't have to, to look at the Mets. <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. You don't. And he's thinking ahead in his career, saying, if I'm in the majors, this will be good that I do this now. And then, you know, but the reality is that you ask all of these kids and all these parents, like, what is the motivation here? And they all say the sports scholarship to college. College is really expensive nowadays. But the reality is that there is only only one percent of them get it. One percent of applicants get a sports scholarship. 
So it just really puts it in perspective. And it does bring up these questions about how far we're willing to go to be the best. And, you know, what's fair? What takes the magic out of sports? What is, you know, it's a human thing to want to cultivate yourself to be the best, to, you know, be the healthiest, to excel at something. Um, and, you know, I think Jesse's right. Like, we're, we're kind of headed to this area that, like, would, would create a real crisis. And our, my other episode is about power, which is basically performance-enhancing drugs. And it provides a good historical example of what you're talking about in terms of a crisis that's then looked at um, that Congress finally will step up. Um, and so it looks at performance-enhancing drugs, and then it, it examines what happened in Congress around steroids, where essentially steroids were classified as a Category 3 drug, which pushed them underground. They're basically illegal. You cannot do scientific experiments. They're not, they were not unable to be used. There's no research anymore. So what's happened is that kids get their steroids from China. They're sent over. They buy them on the Internet. Anyone can buy them. And then you basically boil them down in your basement and then bake them and then in, like, inject yourself. That's how people get steroids, and tons of people still are using steroids. And in, for Congress, like that, that categorization came about once, you know, the Barry Bonds of this world, the Mark McGuire's came, were hit, and people were outraged that our sports were dirty. And so Congress held hearings, created this category. They didn't. It was one day, one day. There was no research done. There were doctors in the room who said, we actually don't. We, it's unclear what the long term effects of steroids are. You know, we don't recommend you doing this. It still happened. So, you know, I don't know. Like, it's a very deep thing. I think our sports like bring up like these very emotional things for us. Let me just ask both of you, what were the most shocking things you uncovered working on this? I mean, for me, it was just the invasion of privacy that's going on and how much. I mean, I guess the sh two things. One is how much data is being collected from these players and also, you know, I always thought as, you know, maybe I'm some sort of like paranoid anti-corporate, anti-government person that it's like, oh, keep the chips away from me, how eager they are. You know, it's not like there's a battle, like we want you to gather this data and the players are opposed to it. They are, they view it as this great thing, again, because they, right now all they're seeing is the benefits from it. And I think it's going to get to we get to a tipping point where they see it as some, I mean, and there are some things that you are becoming more adversarial about who controls the data. There's this actual kind of crazy situation in the NFL right now because this hasn't been arbitrated yet with the players' unions where the players, um, the teams can monitor the players during practices and they own that data. So, and then, but the players can get their own data that they want during practice. So they could have two different systems that they're wearing, one for the team and one for themselves. So they could either monetize it and sell it to fantasy leagues, their own data. Or because they had to sue, like, well, if you have a chip on me, I want my own chip on me. Mm -hmm. And so they won. So now they can wear their own. And then during the games, the NFL has a separate chip that they wear, an RFID, so that they can sell that to the network so they can say, you know, during kickoff return, he was running 100 miles an hour, you know, or whatever the stats Crazy. are. So that there's this real data war brewing about who's going to own it. Um, and th to me, this kind of puts the lie to it, though, that everyone has all this data on these NFL players. And if you really were concerned with player health, the biggest player health uh, challenge out there is concussions in the NFL. And you could easily calculate, okay, we know how fast each player is moving. We know their mass. We should have a protocol, and we can tell if someone's at risk of a, you know, of a concussion. Okay, ESPN Plus, that's how you can watch the six-episode docuseries Enhanced. And when we come back, 
we will be talk- completely switching gears, talking to some FDNY widows who lost their husbands as a result of the September 11th toxins. And that's next, Q1043.